0: You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit RCCjax.com Good morning. It's good to see you. Great to be here. Welcome. Bienvenue. I can't do French. I never could do French. Anyway, we are... Uh, my name is David. I'm on the staff here. I'm one of the pastors here. And it's great to, to see you this morning. If you are a visitor here, if you're new here, then uh, this is is not something we do every Sunday, but I'm going to be talking a lot about the church. I'm going to be talking a lot about River City Church and who we are and what we're going to be doing, especially in regards to discipleship and city groups and things like that. So if you are a visitor here, then um, good luck. Uh, Enjoy your lollipop. That'll be fun. All right. I can't hear those testimonies this morning without thinking, we have an incredible church, don't we? We do. We have an incredible church. River City is a wonderful expression of God's people. And we have a number of huge strengths. Things we're very, very good at. Things that um, people would often say of us that we are strong at. We have powerful, God-filled, intimate worship, like we had this morning. We have focused mission and outreach to the city and to the poor. We have ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit and all the healing and goodness and health that brings. But because we are still relatively young, River City Church is about eight years old, and because we're still relatively young, we haven't been known for what we tend to think of as discipleship. What we tend to think of as discipleship in the church is, is collectively and individually growing into mature, fruitful followers of Jesus. And that's partly because we're only eight years old. And much of that feeling, much of that sense that we, we're not very good at that, we're good at other things, but we're not particularly good at that, comes from the fact that we haven't had many of the various structures and systems associated with the modern church, particularly in regards to home groups and small groups, and Bible studies, and that most, those are the kind of things that most churches use as their markers, as their systems, um, to mark and to tell how they're doing in, in, in the world of discipleship, how they're, how they're doing in that area, how the church is collectively growing into maturity. And over the the last eight years, there have been various attempts uh, to establish those kinds of systems. Particularly a number of years ago, there was what was called community groups. And those community groups, by all accounts, were, uh, were very different. Some were very good, some weren't. You know, Some worked, some didn't. And ultimately, it came to the point where we didn't do those anymore. We were waiting and praying uh, for, for something that worked a little better across the board. And today, we're going to look at church. Today we're going to look at what it means to be the body. What it means to be the body of Christ. And how that looks at River City. How that looks at River City. And in particular with our city group. So, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 12. It's going to come come up on the screens. This is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 20. It says this, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Powerful image of the church as a body. In England, where I'm from originally, there is a show, and that show is called Embarrassing Bodies. And um, it's kind of a it's kind of a cross between Um, It's on about nine o'clock at night, and it's it's kind of a cross between like a medically informative show and a circus freak show. And (laughs) um, we're gonna we're gonna see the trailer. Let's watch the let's let's watch the trailer. It's um, on the inside of my right leg, quite close to the intimate area. It's very irritable, very painful, um, highly embarrassing. It completely affects my day-to-day life. It causes me problems with toilet hygiene. I, I just can't escape them. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Embarrassing Bodies begins Thursday, 7th April, 9pm on Octo. So you get the kind of general gist. Um, you know, the pretense is that people are looking to, like, you know get medically informed but really what people are looking really why it's so popular and why people watch it is because you're going to see the weirdest rash you've ever seen that's like orange or green or something or you're going to see a testicle the size of a basketball you're going to see something so weird and gross that you know it's just it's like that it's just that's why people watch it you know but one of the interesting things and this has become a very popular show in England one one of the very interesting things about this show is that it's given people this, you know, it's kind of released people to talk about medical things. It's released people to understand that bodies are weird. Bodies are weird. And we've all got something going on that we'd rather not know that the rest of the world would know about. We're all different. We've all got something. We've all got something unusual going on. And in fact, it is normal to be unusual it's normal to be unusual. It's normal to be different. It's normal to be unique. And the Bible uses a few different images to speak about church. It uses the image of the family of God, that we are brothers and sisters brought together in a family by our Father. It also uses the picture of the bride to describe the church, that we are a bridegroom and that we are precious and we are beautiful and we are loved and destined for him. And in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he uses this imagery of the body, that we are a body. And each one of those pictures, family, bride, body, is something that is alive and real and organic. But over the history of the church, in the church's desire to grow, it has less often resembled something organic, natural, and alive, and historically has been more of an institution. With the Catholic and Orthodox churches, and then all the big Protestant denominations, developing these huge systems of organization and control, and they require enormous amounts of effort and energy and money to maintain and preserve. And of course, these large organizations, these denominations, are still the church. They are still the body, and God loves them, it is his family and his bride. But they less resemble a body and more resemble an institution. And more recently, many churches have grown outside of that framework but they still have huge amounts of structure and power and control and systems. And this kind of mega church culture less resembles an institution, but more resembles a business or a corporation with its emphasis on leadership and branding and product. And again, it's all good. It's still the family of God, still the bride of Christ, still loved by God. These are not, ju- these are not at all judgments on other churches. They're, they're just observations. But they are worth thinking about when we want to think about River City. What do we want to be? Who are we? What are we called to be? How has he made us? What is the church? How are we to be a body that is alive and healthy? And when I think about how easily the church can become an institution or a corporation, this is who I think of. Darth Vader. I always think of Star Wars in every situation, as, as you should all. But there's, there's a moment in Return of the Jedi where, um, as you all know, I'm sure, um, in the original uh, series, um, where uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is talking about Darth Vader and he says this about Darth Vader. I'm going to do my uh, Alec Guinness impression. He's more man now than machine. That's my uh, Alec Guinness impression. just sounds like my normal voice, I know. But, uh. but Anyway, he's more machine now than man. Did I say it the wrong way around the other time? Yeah, he's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. And um, So when I think about the church, I think about that, not the twisted and evil part, but the machine more than a man. A machine more than a man. An institution or a corporation or an organization more than a body that is alive. And that's the danger when we think about church. That when we talk about church. And what is life more than walking into rooms and talking about things. It's kind of what life is. But when we think about church and we talk about church. The danger is we begin to think of it, talk of it, and even make it more machine than man. More institution or corporation than body. So does that mean we should not have organization or structure or systems? No, I'm not saying that at all because I wouldn't have a job. But just that when we think about the church and we talk about the church and we treat the church the way we treat it, the way we build it, we need to think of it as a body not a system or a machine so when i and the team have been looking at our discipleship our small groups our mindset was not how we can how can we develop a system or a structure that will disciple us that will fix our problems but how can we be healthy how can we be well How can we continue to grow in healthy and sustainable ways? How can we care for the whole body? And in January, um, my job changed. I moved from uh, overseeing the worship here to overseeing the discipleship. And as I began to talk to people to get a better idea of what was actually going on and who we were, this little picture became apparent and became bigger and bigger and, and more consistent. And I was finding out about all these things that God was doing in our body, in our church, that I didn't know anything about. I kept hearing about these Bible studies and prayer groups and accountability groups and prayer triplets and core groups that had carried on meeting after the course had finished. And freedom course groups that had carried on meeting after the course had finished. And life course groups that had carried on meeting after the course had finished. And community groups that were meant to stop two years ago, but hadn't actually, and carried on meeting after it all had finished. So although we thought, nothing is happening. There is no discipleship There's no structure. There's nothing going on. The truth has been much different. The truth is that much has been happening under the radar, without organization, without authorization, or without any kind of centralized involvement. And this is because God wants his body to be healthy. And we have a church that listens to the voice of God and follows the Holy Spirit and cares for each other. Isn't that awesome? And it happens. And the more I talk to people, the more this exciting picture of what was actually going on came into view. Because the way we thought about it, probably the way we've talked about it amongst ourselves and as leadership and all sorts of reasons, that there's nothing going on, there's nothing happening, we're not doing anything in discipleship. But that's not the picture I've seen since I've begun to talk to many, many people. And this picture, as it came into view, was as I began to talk to people, I was finding out about all these different groups, but I was also hearing all these ideas that people had all these dreams that people had, all these little things that God was raising up in them. You know, I've got this crazy idea for a group. I want to do a Bible study. I want it to meet here. I want to do this prayer group. I want to gather people together, and we're going to pray, and we're going to study, and we're going to learn more about him. We're going to follow him in this way. And I was hearing all these ideas from people too. And probably for every one group I found out about, I heard about two more things that God was birthing in people. A while ago I was reading about the church in China and how over the last 20 years it has exploded. 20 years ago there was less than a million Christians in China. And now 20 years later they've stopped counting. There's over 100 million Christians in China, and they can't it's exploding so fast that they can't keep track of it. And this has happened under a government that does not allow Christians to meet outside of state-sanctioned churches, otherwise churches that do not threaten the state, of which there aren't many. But instead, this church has exploded in China, meeting in people's homes. No organization, no training, no resources, no centralized authority structure, just the word of God the Holy Spirit, and a people who are on fire for him. We have much to learn. So this, this has helped us inform how we are going to think about our city groups and what we're going to do here at RCC and how we're going to have a healthy body. So this is going to be our definition of city groups. City groups are small gatherings of the RCC family devoted to community and discipleship. Groups can meet in homes, bars, pubs, coffee houses, or wherever works best. We want groups to be formed by what God is shaping in the hearts of his people. They can be Bible studies, prayer groups, or worship meetings. They can be as few as three people or as many as 30 or 50 or more. They can be with others in the same stage of life or in the same part of town or with the same passions. The only way to grow as a disciple of Jesus is within community and our city groups exist to bring life to each other and our city. So what are city groups? What are they? They can be Bible studies. They can be prayer groups. They can be worship groups. They can be... Anything that builds community. Many of these things may lead to outreach. Who who is in city groups? They can be a prayer triplet that's three people. They can be a small Bible study that's 10 people. They can be like a traditional home group that's a dozen or 20 people. They can be like knit together, which is 50 or more people coming here. They can be centered around... Different life stages. They, you know, we have a college group. We have what we call the SOBs, which is I, we always have to clara- clarify this, and often we don't. But SOB stands for slightly older bunch. Um, not what you're thinking. Not what you. Maybe that's too. No, it doesn't like that. It's just slightly older bunch. Just slightly older bunch. And um, you know, and, and this group is gathered around a stage of life. Same with the college group. We have a group that's uh, for young families, with young uh, couples and families with young children, young parents. We have groups that are centered around um, passions. We have a group for writers. We have a group of people who are passionate about healing and they meet up together and they talk and they pray about healing and they. Give testimonies and they support and they help each other. They open the word, they pray, they worship together, and they're pursuing seeing more healings. We have groups that are concentrating on the prophetic, we have tr- groups that are concentrating on inner healing and freedom. They're gathered around passions rather than a life stage. We have groups that meet in various locations. We have groups that meet in the San Marco area, or the San Jose area. We have groups that meet in Riverside and the Mandarin area, and they're, group- and they're grouped around places. People meet together because they live near each other. They group around all sorts of different things. And they meet in homes, they meet in bars, they meet in coffee shops, they meet here at church. But they could meet anywhere. They could meet in workplaces or schools or wherever works best. My experience of church small groups has been mixed. And they tend to be designed to do everything. <laughs> The groups that I've been in in the past have been designed to do everything. So, what they, um, what they've tried to do is they've tried to be Bible studies, they've tried to be prayer groups, they've tried to be worship, they've tried to do outreach, they've tried to do community building together, and they were always meant to be very open. So, you know, whenever someone new would join the church, then they would join an already existing group, and so every group had to be open. Every group had to be inclusive, and so. You know, you would always have new people joining the group. But these groups that were also meant to be inclusive were also meant to be deep. They were also meant to be deep. You are also meant to be vulnerable and real and honest. And really care for each other. And when you have a situation where you're trying to do both those things, in my experience, you either do one thing well or you do neither things at all. Or both Badly. But you don't do everything. And so churches grow in one or two ways. They either become very big, but shallow. Or they become very deep, but small. And we want to be growing, but we want to be healthy. We want to be growing, but we want to be healthy. And so... We've divided our groups into two different kinds. The first kind is what we're going to call doorway groups. And these doorway groups are going to be open and accessible. You're going to hear about them. You probably already have heard about many of them. And these are designed to be easily accessible and open for the new person who joins RCC or the the person who's only been coming on Sunday and they want to find out a bit more, they want to do a bit more, and they want to build relationships rather than just come and be here on a Sunday. They want more than that. And so these groups are designed to do that. These groups are designed so that you will find out about them, you will hear about them. We have 10 of those groups right now. Many of them you would have already heard of, Knit Together, Dudes and Donuts, uh, Theology on Tap, a few others. And uh, we've got some other ones that you may not have heard of, newer ones. And there's a list of those on our website. If you go to rccjacks.com, you can put the the City Groups page up. If you go to rccjacks.com slash City Groups, you'll find them. And there's a list there of 10 and you can get the contact details. You can find the Facebook groups. You can join those. These are open. These are for you to join if you're looking for somewhere to join. If you're new to the church and you want to get connected with people. We have 10, but we would like a lot more. These are the first types of groups and these get people from in here, in this building, to meet other people, to grow, to begin to form relationships. But these are open and these are accessible. And so there is some depth there, but is there the real life-changing, life-giving, long journey of friendship and discipleship and fellowship Knowing and being known, not always. And so we've developed another type of group, and that type of group are, they're like grounding groups, and these are groups that are smaller, that concentrate on depth. They concentrate on being close in relationships, being known and knowing others the phrase "doing life together." These are the groups of people that you would call in a crisis. These are the groups of people who will come around and pray for you when you're sick. These are the groups of people that will share their possessions and their money with you when you're desperate. These are the groups of people that will speak truth into your life and that you will pursue God together over months and years and maybe even decades. And these groups are not on our website. These groups you're not going to hear about from the front. They're not going to be in our weekly email. These are groups that have already been going on and others that we're beginning all the time. And these groups begin in relationships. They begin with friends. They begin out of perhaps some of those other groups, those doorway groups that come into things. They come out of courses, the freedom course, the life course, the core groups. These are the groups that are not open to the world for anyone to join at any time. Because when you have groups like that, the dynamics change. And when the dynamics change, it's no way really to achieve honesty, vulnerability, long-lasting growth. We are a very diverse church. We are a body made up of many parts. We are a culturally diverse church. We are an ethnically diverse church. We are an economically diverse church. We are a politically diverse church. And if you read Facebook, you will know that. (laughs) We are a theologically diverse church. And this is one of RCC's greatest strengths. We are diverse because the kingdom of God is diverse. It is a sign of God's great work here. The diversity of this body is a sign of God's great work. It is a wonderful and powerful and holy thing. But it is why... A cookie cutter approach to discipleship will not work here. Our groups can't all be just a dozen people in a living room every single Tuesday, led by the nice couple with the perfect marriage. I.e., me and Emily. I mean, I, mean, I didn't want to spell it out, but I did. Those kind of groups where every group is given the same topic every week to do, where the Bible study comes from the church, it comes from the centralised person, it comes from some idiot like me, who has developed some Bible study thing and just gives it out to every, church, to, uh, to every group, and that every group does the same thing with all the questions written out and planned for everyone to do the same thing. That might work in some places, but it, that's not going to work here. It's not going to work here, we all know that. If you've been in RCC longer than five minutes, you'd probably guess that. It's not, it's not going to work here. Work. <laughs> <laughs> the cook, the cookie-cut approach to discipleship won't work here. The body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. If you are not in a group, and you'd like to be? I would love to point you in the direction of a group that would be right for you. That can be a doorway group. Maybe you just want to meet people, or maybe you've met people, but you want the depth. You want to go deeper, and I can point you into into direction of groups, or we can start some new ones. I'd love to hear about it if you have an idea or a little dream or a little thing that you think God's saying to you that says. I think there are other people like me in this body who we could gather around this, we could do this, we could follow Jesus together. I would love to meet you and hear what God is doing. Email me, find me. I want to hear about it. And if God is calling you to start a group, I'd love to speak about how we can make that happen. I know what you're thinking. And it's because I think the same thing when I'm up at night with a little bit of anxiety about all this. And that is how is all this going to work? Right? This is cool. How how's it going to work? How's it going to hold together? How are we going to make sense of it all? How is one thing going to lead to another? And I've had a few nights where I've thought about this long and hard. And this is what I think the Lord's saying to us. And it's this verse in Colossians, which again speaks of the body. And it says this. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. We will encourage and we will support and we will train and we will equip every leader in this church who leads a group as best we can. We will help these groups. We will support them. Everything we have, we will give to them. We will plan structure. We will shape healthy environments for these churches to grow and for these leaders to be fed. But it is him who will grow it. It is him who will hold it all together. In him we will be the body, and he will be our head. He is over all. In him all things hold together. There is no other way. And actually, we're kidding ourselves if we think otherwise. I love this church. This church is so cool. But not cool in the kind of hipster way. I mean, there's some of you that are. But cool in like those testimonies. And the testimonies we've been hearing about all summer of people gather around each other and praying and supporting each other. Of growing, of God revealing things in worship. Of things that are getting started. Of people receiving their dreams and their assignments in the kingdom of God. I love this church. But in him all things will hold together. In him he will lead us. He will guide us. We have plans, but in him all things hold together. We have structures, we have organization, but in him all things hold together. Why don't we stand?